Welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon, a part of the Property Management Series once again this week. Uh, today, in this episode, we're going to be talking about different challenges you may have with your with your, uh, with your rental property. And we're going to talk about single family and multi-unit too. Um, and maybe even, if you have time, larger multi-units if we get to that. But um, as, with me as always, I'm not going to be doing it talking about it. I know nothing about this. I, I, am, I am the guy that just softballs, uh, softballs questions here. My name is Adam. I pitched to the main man here, Alex Dean. Hey, why are you even talking? I don't know. That's what my wife usually says too. So I should probably, you know, should probably start listening to the woman like Wesley Snipes and uh, and White Man Can't Jump. But yeah, be quiet. I know, you know. Um, but Alex, first off, how are you today? I'm I'm fine. And, and and welcome, our audience. Welcome to this wonderful podcast we're doing in my basement. Once again, once again, second one in our basement. So if you do hear. Some, some loud noises. That's probably my crazy dog upstairs. Or we do have uh, Adam's daughter up there, who's nine. Yes. And then nine on Saturday. My youngest Sunday. daughter's fourteen. So, and I have my grandson upstairs. So it could be, could get noisy down there. Um, and it could get noisy down here. And you know what? It's almost like we're going back to our roots. Like it's old ham radio. You know, like it's not before the inter- entertainment and technology was as crazy. It's two guys in a microphone in a basement. Um. <laughs> All right. Let's let's start this off, Alex. Um. You know, there's obviously going to be challenges with any time you have a, a rental property, and I think anybody would be naive to think differently. Um, but they're obviously much different when it's a single-family home, single-family unit versus uh, something that's multifamily. Um, where do you want to start us on this as far as uh, some of the bigger challenges, some of the more common, some of the more unique? Um, kind of, you know, take us where, where you want to take us. You are, you are our mage. Well, first I have a joke for you. Uh, Since you uh, use the word unique. <laughs> this is the, the stupidest joke ever, but how do you c- catch a unique bird? How? You look up on it. Oh! <laughs> I should have probably saw that one a mile away. I regret myself for that. I'm, I'm not upset myself for that one. Um, so, that sounds good, though. I like that. Wasn't it well a clean joke? It well was stupid. Well played. <laughs> Hey, okay. What is the new dirty? I forget uh, what you're talking. We're gonna we're gonna go challenges with uh multifamily versus uh versus single family. Uh huh. Yes, there are different management styles, right? So there are different management styles for lower income properties. Mm-hmm. There's different management styles for twenty units under one roof. There's probably different management styles for larger, larger multifamily complexes, which we've never managed, and I've never had the, the opportunity to buy one that was super huge like that. And there's different management styles for single-family homes. Mm-hmm. So, there. <clears throat> let me, just one caveat is none of these styles means that you're, there's fair housing. Uh, you know, we're not breaking any fair housing type of rules or laws or anything like that. It's just and all practically, you know, practically speaking, you just have to. It's just a different style, and we'll just talk about the differences. And then now, is there before we get into it? Because we're going to be talking about like, like Alex said, um, kind of smaller multifamily units, probably like ten units, fifteen units, somewhere around there. Um, even smaller than that, some single families. Um, but was there any reason other than maybe just not, you know, timing was wrong, or just never had that opportunity, or was it just something you kind of chose to stay away from the, the larger uh, multi-units? You know, like the 20, 30, 40, even like 50 unit, like, you know, uh, town. No, no, we haven't stayed away from it. We just haven't had anybody contact us and say, hey, we have this large portfolio we want to manage. Like, some of our owners own maybe 
30 units, all right? Just for example, I, you know, definitely one owner that owns about 30 units, but they're spread out over maybe, you know, all over the area, and they're spread out over maybe 10 buildings. Gotcha. Okay. It could be three single families, two duplexes, and a 25-unit building, right. which equals, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah. And look, the math is escape me yeah. working on the curve there yeah so but we, we <laughs> the, the, our biggest unit that we manage is right now is we have 16 unit i believe apartment building we have a 15 unit townhome community so to speak it's just a small townhome road and we put 15 townhomes on it but the the differences are um are dramatic so and our and and the challenges too because that's what talk about mm -hmm. these are things are challenges so it gets yeah, always i think better financially to own more units under one roof because why it's just one building yeah one roof yeah so, yeah, one roof. so 15 <laughs> if you have 15 houses you have what 15 roofs you have a lot more windows yeah. a lot more plumbing you have a you have, well you could have 15 furnaces too you know, 15 you know, but you just have a lot more um, expenses, mm -hmm. you know, 15 sewer lines, right? Where in a part of a building, you have one main sewer line going out, usually, right? Unless it's town owned. You just have, you know, you have less to worry about as far as uh, maintenance. So 15 houses will not compare to 15 apartments under one. Night it's going to be night and day. You're going to have way more maintenance on the house. So that's one advantage, right? Mm -hmm. But one, just a, a thing you have to consider is now the tenant's responsible for, in the single family, the tenant's responsible to cut the grass, right? Mm -hmm. So I get that question a lot. Well, the tenant's not cutting the grass. Well, what do you want me to do, Mr. Owner? Do you want me to go over there and uh, grab a whip and a, a nine millimeter and say, <laughs> dude, you're going to cut the grass, and, or otherwise someone's going to get hurt? That's not the way it works. If they're not cutting the grass, and the township is giving you, you got three days to get the grass cut, or we're fining you $100 a day. They come up with incredibly ridiculous fines. Yes. So, yeah, $100 a day, fine. We, we as a management company are going to send someone out to cut the grass, because mm -hmm. we don't want you to get fined. So who's going to pay for that? Cutting the grass. The owner. Right. We're not going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You want us to pay mm -hmm. for it? We're the management company. Right. We're just trying to keep you out of trouble. You're the between, yeah. We can't help with the tenants on cutting the grass. Now, what we can do is we'll cut the grass, pay for that, and we'll put it on their ledger as money they owe us because right. it clearly states in the lease in the single family home that they're responsible for the lawn. Okay? Um, and if they don't pay it, and then we can evict them. We can evict them based on how much money they owe and late fees and Grass not being cut and past due rent, and you can evict on various reasons. It's a lot easier to evict a tenant when they owe money versus if it was noisy or loud or dirty or causing a nuisance in the neighborhood. It's really hard to prove that. Right. Yeah. So that's one challenge that a single family is, is grass maintenance you, you won't have on an apartment building. Another one is um, uh, snow removal. You know, if the sidewalks clean up and down the street and, on, and in front of your house, there's snow, <clears throat> and the tenant doesn't take care of it, you can get cited by the township. And what if somebody slips and falls? Who's falls to then? Right, because they're on the owner. Probably, right? It can be. Yeah, it can be. We had somebody slip and fall, and 
<clears throat> the attorney who was representing the slip and fall victim, uh, they looked at our lease, and our lease clearly said it was the responsibility of the tenant to clear the, the walkway. So I think that was the suit was deflected away from the owner and us based on what was on the lease. Good. Yeah. Good. But it doesn't doesn't mean you still can't get sued. They, they're still going to try to sue right. you. And so it's happened. But yeah, our leases clearly state if it's single family, 99% of the time, that the sidewalks are handled by the tenant. Sometimes if it's in the HOA, homeowner association, maybe they they might be included in the HOA. But yeah, that's the, so the difference is yeah you have a uh, some different challenges. So some other challenges you have in a multifamily that you don't have <clears throat> in single family is well we run into issues with roaches, right? I had roaches in one of my own buildings. I had a nine unit building. We put a family in there who was filthy, really just filthy. The whole building smelled because of one family. <laughs> and they cause roaches, and it cost me like two thousand dollars to get rid of the roaches. But you have to treat, and then you have to retreat, and it's it's insane. And yeah, was I gonna? Now, could I prove that they caused the roaches? I'm not gonna prove it. I'm gonna, yeah, that's tough. I'm gonna send over the detectives and the CSI detectives. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably prove it, but am I gonna go through all that expense of taking the court, proving that they didn't mm-hmm. have the roaches? Then maybe winning a judgment of all the money I had to spend to clear up the roaches. You might never get anywhere. And by the time I spend legal fees and, and, and court fees and holy crap, in my time, I just freaking wrote a check for two grand and got rid of them. I didn't renew their lease. They paid their rent, but I chose not to renew their lease. Gotcha. Okay. So sometimes a month-to-month lease is better than a four-year lease. Depends on the, the, the property. It, it really does. So that's one bad tenant. If you're on a year lease and they pay the rent, but they're causing disturbance after disturbance, you're kind of stuck with them. Yeah. Unless you get police reports and things mm-hmm. like that, you're stuck with them. So maybe it's better to, especially maybe in an area that's not so good, you're not attracting the best tenants. Maybe it's better to have a month-to-month lease in an apartment building. So that's a challenge you don't have typically with a tenant. Another challenge is bed bugs. <clears throat> Same thing. How do you? And now, from what I understand, of bed bugs, they can just you can pick them up on your luggage when you're coming back from a New York business trip, and bring them home, and they can eventually get into all the apartments somehow or another, right? Who, how do you prove that? Who did what? Who did what? Yeah. So again, you, that's a challenge you don't have with single families, and that's a challenge that, as a management company, you just have to know when you can. When you can, uh, or what you can do about it. You know? I'm sure like mice were falling into that too with the multi unit <clears throat> versus single family because you would, you had no idea where the mice were coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And see, in our leases, it, I, I do believe it says that the tenants on a single family are responsible for rodents and critters and, and bugs, right? But try to enforce that. When a, when a tenant calls us, I have rats in my basement. Right. <laughs> I mean, we have, we have, we have rats the size of some. Of cats, yeah, and it's because maybe they live next to a vacant lot or or by the river, vacant property next door. It's usually it, it's usually because of that, or it's usually because rats are attracted to certain things. I think they're attracted to like literally dog poop. Mm-hmm. So if you have a dog, and that dog's pooping everywhere, and 
pooping in your basement, who knows where your dog poops, and you got rats, you would think that the tenant should be responsible for that, right? Maybe or maybe not. It depends on what that typical magistrate, that magistrate that you're in front of at the courthouse, right? It depends what they what they think, you know. It really it really doesn't matter what the law says or what your lease says. It's going to depend on what mood that 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 that, that judge was in, in front of you that day, or what they believe. So, again, those are challenges that you have as a landlord in single families that you may not have as a multifamily. You know? Now, if you get my now we do get. We'll get mice, right? And mice are using tractor for garbage and things like that. So one tenant can, who's dirty can cause mice and roaches and, and infest the whole building. And so certain certain ways that we handle that differently. What was the thing between the something that some challenges between single family and multifamily? One that might you know might be not as heavy on single family, but might be a little worse on you know for a multifamily unit and you know vice versa things like that. What else do you think? Oh, I'm just trying to rack my brain on what other other challenges you have. Um, so you you know what you have you, you, you have um, noise and coming in all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. I mean you have you know you might have someone who has parties, someone who's parties a lot, someone who's obviously maybe probably dealing drugs because you know you have cars in and out all, all hours of the night, and that disrupts a whole building. Right, that can disrupt the whole building. And how do you prove that? And a tenant pays their rent on time. That's that's where maybe that month-to-month lease can be more influential and, and more beneficial than a, a year-long lease. And is this because? And I'm just thinking out, you know, from now. Let me let me say we don't do month-to-month leases. We do year leases. But in many cases, when I have a problem tenant and their their lease is coming up, I will have my uh, manager switch it to a month. I, I, I can see the four, two, three, I see the problem coming up on it with the And do you think that the differences when it comes to noise and, and the constant in and out between, you know, the single family versus the multifamily, obviously the single family is separated, it's a home typically, um, and, and it's going to be more in a neighborhood, but is it, and, and I might be wrong on this, but is it more, because you, you, usually a family that is renting a home is a more settled family versus you might have your, your single guy that's renting, uh, renting a new you know, a couple single guys, a couple single women, and then there's a family, but then there's a family that isn't really as settled. You know what I mean? Like younger kids. I, do, do you typically find that with, with, you know, with tenants when it comes down to that? Is that, you know, part of the reason too? Or is it, is it just like a crapshoot either way? It depends. Are you, are you asking when you have more stability with single families because you have, you know. Is that usually, is it usually a trap that a tenant is correct? Yeah. No, not necessarily. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Honestly, it's, it's, that's the honesty we need. It's it's based a lot of it's really based on area. Okay, is it low income, high income, high crime, low crime? Is it a product that is in demand? So, for example, if you have maybe in a low income area, uh, small efficiency apartments that are nowhere near a bus line for transportation. That might be very low desirability, very low demand. So you have to be careful. Now, you might have something that's in a really good working class or maybe a higher class, higher income neighborhood 
with their high, you know, efficiency apartments um, that they're just in demand. You just you have to know what the demand is, and and before you buy the property, you know you, you need to know what the demand is. So, and that can create challenges. And then this it doesn't matter if it's multifamily or single family, right? This could that can create challenges on, on getting the property rented in time to manner, right? If you have low demand, how are you going to get it rented? Right. Can always reduce the rents that's always the number one way to get some people in there but um, now do you know your market is what I'm saying. Do you, and when it comes to markets I know you always like to label them like the ABCDs you know um, and, and there's never a rule of thumb so I'm not obviously looking for that either we, we know that by now we've beat that you know we've always made sure you guys know that listening at home yeah but um, is there I mean have, and again this is probably there's probably no true answer on this one but in um, those like more uh, troubled areas does it maybe then benefit more to have um, a single-family home versus something that's multi-unit? Because then, again, you know, they might not have transportation, or they might not, because you know, it's not always like that. But no, it doesn't yeah, matter. That, yeah, there, there's no, Those aren't the challenges. <laughs> yeah, there's no rule of thumb. I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter. A single-family in a bad neighborhood could be awesome, and it could suck. And the reason why I'm asking a lot of like these vague questions like this, if anyone at home is wondering, and, and I know you're probably like, that's the dumbest question. You're right, it absolutely is. No, it's not, not a dumb question, and it doesn't matter. It does not matter what you buy if if you do your homework ahead of time and, and knowing your market. So, so the challenges we get as a property management company is someone will buy a property that has low demand. It's desirably not set up right, like the layout's poor, the bedroom's small, the kitchen's small. It's just not something that everybody just loves and wants to live in. And then they want us to get more than market rent, get it rented quicker than we possibly can, and then keep it rented. It's just it, it's very it's a slippery slope and it's very tricky. For me to say know your market because sometimes I don't know my market. Sometimes I make mistakes mm -hmm. too when I buy, and uh, I just I live with it. And sometimes those are the properties I sell. I'm like, oh, I screwed up here. Sell it, take a loss. Sell it, get my money back. Sell it, make a small profit. But sell it because it's never, it's in sick. my mind, going to be anything worth keeping just due to the aggravation and the cash flow or whatever the case may be. And that's actually why I brought that up is because I wanted to I wanted to really hammer home that you know it's it, the challenges that we wanted to talk about. Not saying there aren't tenant challenges, but you're going to have tenant challenges no matter which way you go. These challenges are more look at like you know the the um like the 15 units, 15 roofs, one you know 15 units, one roof. Like those are different challenges. We're talking about when we're uh, rebuilds. We're talking about um, um you know maintenance things things of that nature. Um, tenant issues are going to be the same across the board. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's just uh, the issues are amplified when you have a, a tenant issue. They're amplified in a multi-unit building. And it's dirty or loud or disruptive or, you know, has a substance abuse problem. I mean, you might think, well, that's a personal problem. But no, it's not. It's going to affect that whole building. Yep. Or a single family, it doesn't. It just affects, it'll affect the neighbors. And that will get the neighbors calling. But so it's completely different. The, the issues that you'll have and the way you handle them on single-family versus multi-family uh, can range and be completely 
different than what you think they would be. Like you, you just some of the things I can't even think of off the top of my head, but they're extremely different. So uh, I don't know. This should be handled either different way. And this is where this is where we toss this out there. If you do have a question for Alex about uh, any challenges you came across, uh, reach out to him. It's just Alex at alexdeacon.com. Um, you can find him, I'm sure, uh, um, um, I was going to actually say on, on Twitter and Facebook, but you could absolutely message us on... I don't even know Twitter. So yeah, okay, so not, not Twitter. Not on Twitter. Yeah, not on Twitter. Twitter. I don't know Twitter. I, I'm the monkey behind the truck. It is funny. Uh, but... <laughs> the, other, the other one was, um, what were you making? Snapchat or... Uh, Instagram. Instagram. What were you doing Instagram? Yeah. Okay. My that'll daughter, that'll be me behind it. My daughter does a Snapchat thing. Do you make faces like... Uh, I don't know, it's not Snapchat. Yeah, I, I don't know. Instagram, okay. Yeah, in, we'll, we'll be on Instagram because there is uh, that's it's our, our big twenty, uh, one of our big twenty nineteen. Yeah. 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 Um, it sounds like a series. It does. Instagrams. It'd be nice. It's almost like you put in a microwave and it's just Instagram. <laughs> oh, bang. Um, but all right, so Alex, uh, want to tie a bell on this? Yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, I I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you know you taking the time and listening. Absolutely. Talking to the audience. I know some of this is kind of dry and boring, but hopefully you pick up a few tips and, and pointers. And um, I never want to deter anybody from buying multifamily properties. And I always want to be positive and optimistic about it. But just, just treat it like a business. Know the market. Know what you're getting into. And know that there are different styles. It's not black and white. It's all different styles and different things that come up and hurdles that, and challenges from single families to multi families to having a management company do it for you can you manage it yourself. I'm just I'm basically telling you to think and broaden your horizons and know that uh, we are here to help. So if you do need help you can always reach me Alex at alexdeacon.com. That's my email. If I don't get back to you right away, email me again. I probably get a couple hundred emails a day and it's just almost impossible to keep up. So I will try to answer your emails. And if we do manage a property for you and you have an issue Definitely send me an email, and I will respond to that because I mean our, our clients are important. And I want to make sure that we do the job for you. And like I said, you definitely can. And if if for some reason you guys are on Facebook, on on the social media sites, absolutely reach out to us because I am the messenger man, and I'll make sure the man here uh, gets the message. So um, for Alex, thank you. I appreciate this session. Good thank sir. Thank you. Adam. Uh, listen, everyone at home, we do. We greatly appreciate you. And if there's, I always say this, but if there's any topics that you guys would like us to cover. Message us, Facebook, Twitter, um, Bigger Pockets. Uh, I mean, you can find us on uh, on meetup.com. Alex has a great real estate meetup group on there that you definitely want to dip into. Uh, Mace Property Management is found at pittsburghpropertymanagement.com. Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors, dhrea.com is where you'll find uh, the other real estate side of things. Uh, my name has been Adam. Uh, for myself and Alex and everyone at Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors and Mace Property Management, we thank you, and we will hope to see you next time.